Starting with Ezra Hashem, Daf Tzadi Gimel. We'll begin with Ezra Hashem at the Mishnah. The Mishnah begins. Misha Haya Nasui Shalosh Nashim. Let's say a man is married to three women, and as Rashi points out, that all of them got married, or Shalosh Nechtemu Biyaymechad. The Ksuba of each of them came into effect all on the same day. So all three women, he has three wives, and then the husband dies, Umeis, so now the Chayv of the Ksuba, the Chiv of the Ksuba, the Shibud of the Ksuba, all came at the same time. So, meaning they, since they all got married at the same time, there is no Kedimus. And we'll see in the next Mishnah what happens if there is Kedimus, but right now we're dealing with that there is no Kedimus. Umeis, Ksubaso shall Zumana. Now, let's just say that lady number one's Ksuba, again, they all got married at the same time, but one lady, lady number one is Mane, Shelzumane is $100. Vis Shelzumasayim, lady number two is $200. Vis Shelzu Shalashmeas, and lady number three is $300. Okay, so then if the estate has plenty of money, he's going to pay out lady number one, 100, lady number two, 200, lady number three, 300. But what happens if the Ainsham Ella Mane says the Mishnah? Let's say you just have $100. So what do you do? The Gemara says, Cholkim Bishave. Okay, each one is going to get. 33 and a third. Okay, and that's quite simple. The estate only has $100. They each are owed at least $100. And therefore, you just divided equally three women, divided by three, 33 and a third, point three each. Hayusham Masayim, Mana. Now, let's say you had 200, let's say the estate had $200. You had three women to pay. Shamana Naitelas Chamishim. So, lady number one who had a ksuba of $100 takes 50. We're going to have to understand, really make her in what we just said. She should have gotten 33 and a third, uh, at least a third, if it was a, if it was a hundred. Um, you know, so why is she getting over here? Why isn't she getting, um, and, and well, I would say she, she's not going to get more because her claim is limited to the first hundred dollars. So we'll have to understand why she gets 50. <clears throat> so that is the hundred dollar lady gets 50. The Shalmasayim, the $200 lady, Vishal Shalash Meyais, and the $200 lady and the $300 lady each get Shlesha Shlesha Shalzav. Three dinners of, which is 75. So again, the estate has 200. Lady number one has a ksuba of 100. She's going to get 50. Lady number two and lady number three each have, a, each have a ksuba of 200 and 300, respectively. And they're each going to get 75. We're going to have to understand what's going on over here. We're going to have to uh, sharpen our pencils to get down to this math. And the third case, Hayusham Shalish Meyas. Let's say the estate actually had $300. Shalmana Naiteles Chamishim. So lady number one who had a ksuba of 100 is going to get 50. Vishal Masayim Mana. Lady number two who had a ksuba originally of $200 is going to get 100. Vishal Shalish Meyas. Vishal Shalish Meyas. And lady number three who had a $300 ksuba is going to get Shisha Shalzav six Zav, which is each Zav is 25 is 25, so it's going to be 150. So if the estate has 300, then it's 50, 100, and 150. And again, we'll have to see why. Three, three people entered into a partnership. It goes up or down in value, then they are going to split. Okay. Um, they're going to go uh, according to what they invested. That's the understanding that if they all invested together, then if the, if the value went up or down, they're going, to get, they're going to get paid out according to, if it went up, then they're going to share in it according to the value that it went up. And if it went down, they're going to each share in a little bit of the pain, kefi the amount that they invested. 
okay, in equal share. So let's unpack this Mishnah. There's a lot going on over here. So Zakta Gemara. Shaman and I tell us. So the first case is quite simple. We don't really need to address that at all. The estate, again, I'm going to mention two points. The, one, lady number one had a ksuba of 100. Lady number two had a ksuba of 200. Lady number three had a ksuba of 300. So there was a total of 600 owed, but the estate only had $100. And each of the three ladies had a tfisa, had rights to that $100. So therefore, if the estate only has 100, you divide it equally. There's not really much to discuss there. Kind of makes sense. Now, really, let's jump to the second case. So if we look at it, the, let's just examine it from the outside, and then we'll read inside the, the Gemara inside. So if we look at it, the estate has $200. Now, the first $100, all three ladies have a claim to. So it should be, the first $100 should be divided 33 and a third to each. Now, the second $100, so lady number two, lady number one doesn't have a claim to anything more than 100. Lady number two should have a claim, and lady number two and lady number three should have an equal claim, so that should be divided 50-50. Okay, and then, um, and, and so, so really it should be 83 and a third each, 83 and a third, and 33 and a third. Okay, if you wanted to split that according to what sounds like, it should be split fairly and evenly. So the question is, why did we say that it's, instead of being 33 and a third, 83 and a third, and 83 and a third, why is it 50, 75, 75 for those $200? So the Gemara says, Shalman and Natalis Chamishim, Tilton, Vitilsa, Vitilta. She should only have 33 and a third. She only has a tvisa on the first hundred. All three of them have a tvisa, right? Have a rights to the first, to, to the first hundred. So she should get 33 and a third. Why is she getting an extra 16 and two thirds? Why is, she, why is she getting 50? So the Gemara says, Amar Shmuel, because seves balas masayim labalas mana. Because what happened was, lady number two, who was owed $200, wrote to lady number one, who was worth $100, dind vidvarim enli imach bemana. I am not going to tzimish. You only got $100 ksuba. I feel bad for you. I am not going to have any rights to my chalek in your, in your mana. So the Gemara says, okay. Right? So therefore, she is lady number, lady number two is withdrawing. So the Gemara says, well, one second. So if we think about this logically, so why is it, if lady number two said to lady number one, I'm not going to tina you anything. I'll tell you what, you and lady number three can divide that 100 50-50. So that makes a lot of sense. So now, if you think about this logically, lady number one gets 50. Lady number three of the first $100 gets 50. Lady number two gets zero. Now, on the second, two, on the, on the second $200, so then lady number two should split with lady, num- lady number three 50-50. So it should work out that lady number one gets 50, lady number two gets 50, and lady number three gets 100 if you play the math out according to that case. And which Gemara is going to ask, Iachim is Seifa, so then why is it Shalmasayim Vishalshalashmashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashalashal
split the first hundred. So it should be very simple, 50 for the first lady, 50 for the second lady, and 100 for the third lady. Why are we saying that lady number two and lady number three each only get seven, each, each get 75? Meaning why does lady number three get 25 less, and why does lady number two get 25 more? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you, because lady number two can tell number, lady number three, I only withdrew myself from a claim on the first hundred to lady number one, but to lady number two, Two lady number, meaning two, sorry, two lady number three to you, lady number three. So I am still, I still have a, uh, I still have rights to that first hundred. I only waived my rights in regards to the first lady. And therefore, whatever you're going to get, whatever you're going to get in the first hundred dollars, you, lady number three, I'm still splitting with you 50-50. Now, according to the way Rashi uh, explains the suya, it's very strange. So what essentially happened was lady number one and lady number two said to lady number one, I'm not going to go after any part of your chilek. So therefore, we're saying that lady number one, instead of getting 33, gets 50. Because lady number two, there's only two parts in that. Which means, which means lady number one's share and lady number three's share. Lady number two bowed out. Except that what, what just happened was, and the Gemara said at the end, was that we want to know if so, so then lady number two should only get 50 in general. She gets zero out of the first hundred and half of the second hundred. And the Gemara said, well, because when lady number two withdraws from lady number one, she can tell lady number three, I'm still, getting, I'm still splitting whatever's left with you, which really, is, which really is unfair. It turns out that what happened, lady number two was able to cause lady number one, yes, to get 50 instead of 33, but also lady number three, instead of getting 33 and a third, because if they had they split the first hundred evenly, again, it would have been lady number one, 33 and a third, lady number two and lady number three, which would have each had uh, 33 and a third on the first one. But by lady number two doing this, she's basically forcing, forcing lady number one to get 50 and her, meaning lady number two and lady number three, to split the remaining 50. Because she's saying, I never agree not to split with you. So since I withdrew from lady number one, now lady number one's getting 50. And lady number two and lady number three now have to split that other 50, which means they each get 25. And that's why it's a total of 75 for two and three. Okay, which is very strange because lady number two, it seems like lady number two can force lady number three to get a reduction. Instead of her getting from the first month a 33 and a third, she's only getting 25. Okay, and that's the way Rashi explains this. Again. However, the Ritva explains it differently. He says, now you have to say that the $300 lady, lady number three, was in on it as well, and she was okay with it. Because otherwise, you can't say that what number two would do would cause lady number three on the first money, instead of getting 33 and a third, to only get 25. Okay, and on the first uh, $100 to only get, <clears throat> to only get, to, to cause her to reduce by eight and a third, she couldn't force that. Okay, so Akopanam, that is how we deal with the second case of the Mishnah. Let's deal with the, th- let's go to the third case. Hayusham Shalash Meis. So we said, if there is a total, the estate has a total of 300. So then we said that lady number one is going to get 50. Lady number two is going to get uh, 100. And lady number three is going to get 150. So if there's a total of 300. So the Gemara says, well, one second. Why does lady number two get 100? She should really only get, meaning, again, let's break it up. Now the state has $300. So on the first $100, there is, the way we explained it now, the first $100, because we're, we're building on what we said before, which means lady number two told lady number one, I'm out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to split. Instead, split the remaining 50 with lady number two and lady number three. So in number one, so lady number one, so lady number one gets fifty. 
Lady number two and lady number three get each 25. So it's 50, 20, 25. That's on the first 100. Now, if we look at the second 100, lady number one doesn't have any claim to that. So therefore, that gets split 50, 50, number two, number three. And then the third 100, lady number two has already, right? She, she only had a claim on the first 200. Lady number three has nothing. So if we look at it, that should all go to lady number three. So if we just played this out, okay, that... If we play this out, lady number one should get 50. Lady number two should get a total of 25 from the first 100, 50 from the second 100, and that's it, only 75. And lady number three should basically be getting 175, 25 from the first, 50 from the second, and the whole third money. So what's going on? Why do we say that it's 50, 100, 150? According to the way we just explained it, it should be 50 for lady number one, 75 for lady number two, and... Um, 175 for lady number three. So Amr Shmuel, I'll tell you why. Because there's a massive akimtas here that we're making to change, to, 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 to dress on the Mishnah, to fit it in. So Amr Shmuel, that the $300 lady said to the $200 lady, to both of them, so actually what happened here was lady number three bowed out, this is a different case, lady number three bowed out in Gansen from the first mana. So the first mana is going to be split 50-50, lady number one, lady number two. The second mana is going to be split 50-50, lady number two, and lady number three. And the third mana is going to go all to lady number three. And therefore, lady number one ends up with 50, lady number two ends up with 100, which is 50 from the first and 50 from the second because the lady number three bowed out of the first. And lady number three is going to get the whole third mana. Okay, and that's how it works out to 50, 100, and 150. So now, that is the first way of explaining the Mishnah. The problem with explaining the Mishnah this way is like we explained that there's a lot of ukimtas over here. Lady number two is making, is bowing out of the first hundred from lady number one, but not with lady number three. That was the way we explained the, the second case. And the way we explained the third case where lady number three bowed out of the first mana in Ganzen. And that's how you get this math. Rav Yaakov and so we have Mishmet Ravina. Ravina is going to have a different way of explaining the Mishnah. Okay, no ukimtas, no fancy ukimtas. It's very simple. What happened was that there were multiple, um, there were multiple Reisha Bishtei Tfisas, Besefa Bishtei Tfisas. That both of these cases are talking about where the money fell, or the land, which the money of the Ksuba is Meshubah to, okay, fell in pieces. So originally when the, when the guy died, we thought there was a certain amount. We divided it. And then it turns out that there was more land. So we did a second dividing. So each dividing, they would each have a, they would each have a tfisa on. So how will that work out? So the Gemara is like this. Reisha v'shtei tfisas. So again, in the Reisha case, like we said, if we went according to split plain money, a regular straight up case, lady number one, if $200 fell, lady number one should get 33 and a third because she, they each, all three of them have an equal claim on the 100. And lady number two and lady number three should split the second 100. So it should have been 33 and a third, 83 and a third, 83 and a third. Okay, I, why do we split it instead? Why did we say that it's going to be, that it's going to be 25, 75, 75? is because you have to look at how the money fell. Seventy-five fell at one time. Okay, so the first, first what happened was the guy died and there was just $75 to split up. So now on the 75, doesn't matter if lady number one, lady number two's ksuba is more and lady number three's are more than lady number one. Either way, the first seven, if 75 fell, they each have a claim on the first 75. Nothing to talk about. So therefore, so that's bechad zimna, okay? And so if we look at it, so on tfisa number one, they each get 25. 
Now, what happened? And then it was discovered, ah, more land came. So they did a second tfisa. They were paying off these women. It was the second payment, the second land came in at 125. So now like this, if we look at, so lady, let's look at the second, the second 125 when it comes in. So lady number one already got paid 25 from the first tfisa. Again, it was $75 each, but that's 25, 25, 25. Lady, the, when the second tfisa comes in at 125, so lady number one only has rights to 75 of it. So what we need to do is we need to split that 125 as 75 and 50. Now, of the 75, lady number one, again, should, that's going to be split a third, a third, a third, because all three of them have, have, equal, have, have equal rights to that second, to 75 of the 125 of the second visa. Okay, and therefore, so now at this point, they each have 50. Okay, and now what's left is 50 that gets split between lady number two and lady number three. Okay, so that is the way to explain it. Again, just to put, put the numbers together, what happened was, it wasn't that two, all 200 fell at once. You had, it fell in two different parts, 75 and 125. The first 75 gets split 25, 25, 25. The second 125, we have to break into two parts, 75 and 50. 75 because that's the part, the chilek that lady number one still has rights to. So therefore, again, they're going to split that evenly. So at this point, they each have 50, 50, 50. And then the last 50 of the second tfisa, it, only lady number two, lady number one has no rights to it because her was limited to $100. And... This is over and above the 100. They've already split. She got 25, plus she had her share of the, sec- of the 75. And therefore, the remaining 50 is split between number two and number three. And therefore, if you add it all up, lady number one has a total of 50, 25 each from the first and second tfisa. Lady number two gets 75, okay? 25 from the first tfisa and 50 from the second. And lady number three also gets 75, 25 from the first tfisa and 50 from the second. Okay, so that is the case of the safe of the case where the estate had $200. Now... The, that's the middle case. Seifa b'shtei tfisas. Okay, now the third case in the Mishnah, which is that the estate got $300, is also shtei tfisas. But what happens here? Different amounts. Again, what's the problem in the seifa? If we look at it, right, again, if we look at it just by using plain math, what should happen is $300 fell. Lady number one, um, should, lady number one should be getting, in, in the first hundred, she should get a third, 33 and a third. Lady number two and lady number three should split the second, the second two hundred dollars fifty fifty. So eighty three and a third, eighty three and a third, thirty three and a third, and the last hundred dollars should go all to lady number three. So it should be one eighty three and a third, eighty three and a third, and thirty three and a third. If you wanted to get very technical on the math, the problem is is that the Mishnah said it's fifty a hundred one fifty. Okay, so how do we work that out? Again, what we say is that there were state visas, safe of state visas. Really, seventy-five all fell first. Okay, so you had seventy-five again, like we explained. They each have equal rights, so therefore gets that gets split twenty-five, 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 and then the second visa. There was a second drip of assets. You had two hundred and twenty-five that fell at once. Okay, and therefore, again, the mission, the mission doesn't go in, the Gemara doesn't go into explaining it, but now we can just work out the math very simply. So you, what you do is you would take your 225, okay, and you would say like this. So they each got paid out 25 on what they were owed from the first visa. So if you go to the second visa, 
the 225, right, the second drip, that actually, so we have to first discuss the first 75. We have to discuss it in three parts. The first 75, because that's something that they all have equal rights to, because they each only got paid 25 of the first 100, okay? And therefore, that's going to get split 25, 25, 25. Then the next 100, remember, here fell 225. So the next 100, those lady and two, lady number two and lady number three have to split equally, because lady number one is out. She has no rights to, okay? And therefore... That's going to be 50-50. And then the final, again, the second piece is a total of 225. So it's 75, 100 to satisfy lady number two and lady, lady number three's uh, rights. And then the remaining 50 is going to go all to lady number three. And therefore, what you end up with is lady number one got a total of 50, 25 from the first visa and 25 from the second visa. Lady number two gets a total of 100. She gets 25 from the first visa, 25 from the 75 of the, f of the second visa, and 50 of the next 100 of the second visa. And lady number three is going to end up with a total of 150, which is the 25 from the first visa, 25 from the first schlab, the first 75 of the second visa, 50 from the next 100 of the second visa, and the remaining 50 of the second visa. Okay, and that's how you work out the math. Now, this is all according to the first way, what we call tan Tanya, says the Gemara, Zu Mishnas Rabbanasan. This is all Rabbanasan's way in dealing with it. And what's specific to Rabbanasan's way of dealing with it? That we're going to look at them, with the three of them, we're going to see how much they're owed. That will determine how much of uh, how much of a claim they have against the estate. Meaning, specifically, that lady number one is limited to her claim by the first $100, because she's only owed $100. So therefore, everything we're reckoning in either side of how we deal with the Gemara, either in the first side, right, which they're cutting deals, the Zukimta's where lady number two is bowing out, and lady number three is bowing out. Okay, but either way, it's the understanding of the, of the way so far we've understood the Gemara is that the... Lady number one, since she only has a ksuba of $100, only has rights to $100 of the estate. And therefore, we're only going to deal with her on the first $100. Then it's just a question of how we deal with her. Um, do we do an even, even chalukah or is there something else going on? Was it state tfisos, right? Either way, we explain it there. So, so that's the way Nelson explains it. And then lady number two, in her entire claim against the estate, is limited to $200 because that's all she has. And then the balance, if there's anything more than $200, that should all go to lady number, th lady number three. Okay, that's the way Nelson views how we do this. Rebbe Aymer, Rebbe says, no, 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 no. Enani raya devarav shal Rebbe Nassan be'elu. I don't agree to him, Nassan. Ela cholkois b'shave. We split it equally. Just because the first lady is owed $100 doesn't mean all $300 is in shayach to her. It's all pledged to her, just like all $300 is pledged. Let's say, in, for instance, the third case, where the, the state has $300. All $300 is pledged to the first lady, even though she's only owed 100 All $300 is pledged to the second lady, even though she's only owed 200 And of course, all $300 we pledge to the th third hundred. It's all... It's it's all owed. That same three hundred dollars is all owed to them equally, okay. And therefore, even though they can't recognize lady number one, if for instance there was nobody else, wouldn't get the three hundred. But they all have equal rights to the three hundred, and therefore elacholkos b'shava. They split it evenly. Now, what does splitting it evenly mean according to Rebbe? So again, according to Rebbe, we do all these fancy d dividing. We we break it into categories. The first hundred, how do we split that up? Who has rights to it? Second hundred, third hundred. Here, what we're saying is we throw it all in. Now, chokos b'shava, Rashi holds that they're going to split it evenly, which means lady number one. If this, the state is $300, is going to get $100. So she is getting 100% of her claim. Lady number two is going to get $100. She's only getting half. And lady number three is also only going to get $100, which is a third. Okay, that's the way Rashi explains it. Chokos Peshava means they each get an equal $100. Um, Tysus, though, brings down Shittas Rabbeinu Hanano and says that that's, this is not right. This is considered 
It says, Lefishemidas Hadin Loika Bazeh. Okay, that it's not proper. If you look at it, it's not fair that lady number one is getting paid 100%. And lady number two has to take a 50% discount. And lady number three is only getting paid 33%. She's only getting paid a third. So those are the two different ways of explaining cholkos, that according to Rashi, it's either they, either they each get an even cut of what's left, or um, according to Tesis, Rabbeinu Hanan was brought by Tesis, that they would get a proportional amount to what the estate has left. The Rambam, when he comes to bring down this halacha, so he discusses it with four women, it's just to make it round numbers, four, lady number four is 400, lady number three is 300, lady number two is 200, lady number is 100, so it's a total of 1,000. And he says, actually like Rashi, he says that they would split evenly, but it's going to be limited to the, to, to, you can't be split evenly above what the first lady would get, meaning, so he sets up the case. So let's say, again, 400, you have four women, 400, 300, 200, 100, it's a total of 1,000. Um, if the estate left over $400 or less, then it would get split evenly. Because then lady number one, who had only had a claim of 100, is getting 100. So she would get paid 100%, taka like, like the way Rashi explains it, and not like the Rebbe Um But he says if there were more than $400, then let's say anything above that would get split by whoever would be a claimant. So he says, uh, if... Let's say the estate left $800. So then the way it would work out is um, what you do is, he said, So the first, they would divide it into two separate categories. 400, they would just take 100 on. And then the, the remaining three would each divide the whatever, limited and up to what they would have a total payout. They can never get paid more, obviously more than 100%, but he basically, the Rambam explains, and he goes through in Hilchas Ishus, uh, Yudzayin Halachaches, um, uh, goes through um, how we divide it, but it sounds more like Rashi's way of doing it, where we would pay up to 100% uh, evenly divided. Let's move on to the next part of the mission. So the mission says, Three people invested and went into business together, Siru, if the investment went up or down, they divide according to the amount of money that they each had in it. Okay, which sounds logical on the outset. If you think about it, each person puts in a different amount. They each have a different share of the partnership, and therefore they split the profits according to the share of amount invested, as one might think. However, and we're going to see Gemara here that's fundamental to how the Gemara views partnerships and gains. Amar Shmuel, let's say two people put money in Again, that's a way of saying invest together. One puts in $100 and one puts in $200. So how do you think you'd split the profit? Says the Gemara, you split it 50-50. Okay, now for the purposes of understanding this Gemara, I'm going to use some uh, more modern or uh, current tax um, categories to try to explain how we're dealing with gains. So normally... Right. Let's say people invest money together. That's considered your invested capital. I'm not a CPA, so none of this is considered uh, accounting advice. But if you just from the way you understand it from a, from a business perspective, you invest money in. Um, now you get shares according to the money that you invested. Now normally the business will make a profit. Okay, the business will make a profit, and. There's a question of how do we split profits? That doesn't necessarily, we don't have to, let's say it's an LLC, you don't have to necessarily split profits according to the dollars invested. You have an operating agreement and that says how you want the profits split. Sometimes it's not, a, not everybody's bringing money, people are bringing other things, expertise, etc. Right. So therefore, there, you don't necessarily have to split the profits according to the way that the, um, the profits that the business generates 
according to the way that the share structure or the ownership structure is of the business venture. Okay, but there's a second category of profits from the Gemara's perspective that we're going to view differently. And actually for tax purposes, as in the United States, we view it differently as well. And that is something called capital gains. So there's ordinary income, right, that the business generates an income, profits, okay, but, and then there's the, the amount invested is, you know, the capital invested. But what happens if the company's value goes up, if the partnership goes up? So that's what we call capital gains. And capital gains in United States tax law on a federal level is, is taxed at a different amount. So even we see in our Lahavdal, in our tax law, we treat the gains of the partnership gains, for instance, the stock or whatever is the partnership, the, the value of the company appreciating or the business appreciating separate from what the income the business generates, that has a separate category. And so too in the Gemara, it's going to be a little different. It's not going to fit 100% into these categories, but it just gives us an idea that there's the amount invested, okay, that I own the amount of money that I, I put in, right? So that, that's, that's not really up for debate. If I put in 100 and you put in 200, so then of the original capital, 100 is mine and 200 is yours. But we could very well understand that when the business conducts business and there's in general, profit earned. So we could, for whatever reason, because we bring different expertise, two partners can sh- choose to share the profit or there can be an understanding, a general understanding that when the partners share the profit, it may be 50-50, even though the ownership of the share structure or what was invested isn't 50-50. And then, like I said, there's a third category we'll call capital gains, which isn't, this wasn't part of normal and ordinary business, but for whatever reason, the venture went up in value. That's a capital gain. How are we going to treat that? So let's start again. Amar Shmuel, Shneim Shetil Lekis. So I invest, we go into business together. I invest $100, you invest $200. Zeman of Zeman Asayim. Haschar Be'emsa. The money earned is going to be 50-50. Now we have to qualify what Shmuel said. Okay, because what type of earnings are we talking about? Is it ordinary income? Business generated business? Business generated income? Or is it capital gains? Was it some sort of appreciation that happened to the investment uh, aside from us conducting business. So Amar Rabba, Mistabra Milsa de Shmuel, it would make sense to explain that what Shmuel is talking about is Bishar Lacharisha, Vaimid Lacharisha. That we're talking about a cow. We we decided to go into plowing, the plowing business together. So we bought a shard together. I put in a hundred dollars, you put in two hundred dollars, we put it we 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 now we have a three hundred dollar shar. Bishar Lacharisha, Vaimid Lacharisha. Okay, and therefore, and the way Rashi explains this is that since very, very difficult to really get our, wrap our heads around this. Um, but since we own the shar together, you couldn't plow with two thirds of a shar. So the fact that you put in $200 and I put in $100, we are 50, we're going to split it 50 50. We both need each other. And therefore, we're going to split the income 50 50. The other Rishonim that explained it differently, the Rush explains that what it's the different way is that uh, more like uh, I had kind of explained it in the introduction, which is that there's a general understanding. <laughs> that we're going to split things 50-50 and we're going into business together because, yes, I might not have as much money, as one partner might not have as much money as the other, but maybe he brings more expertise. And therefore, the assumption, standard assumption is always going to be 50-50 and that there's some other thing, the guy, if the guy's putting in less money, meaning the standard is we're going to split the profits generated by the business venture 50-50 and I, if one person's putting in less money, it must be because he's bringing some other expertise and since they didn't, um, they didn't, discuss any alternate arrangement, that's what we're going to have to go with, that the profit's always going to be 50-50. Okay, so that's, that is a shar that we decided to go plow together, and we generated money plowing. But if it's a shar that we originally went into the business to plow, and then 
the, was Oymel Tvicha, and Rashi says that we're actually Teveach at Mamish. Okay, we decided, you know what? We're done with the business venture. Now we looked at it. We put in $300 to a shar, but it's actually worth more than $300 now, right? We chopped it for parts, and it's worth more than $300. So now the business venture, again, it doesn't, it doesn't fit exactly into the categories as we discussed it, but look at it as more of a capital gain, meaning we're done, we're done plowing, we're not plowing anymore. We decided that we're just going to sell, sell the cow off for parts, and now the cow is worth $400. So how do we view that? Do we say that, okay, well, the business venture had profits, so we should split that profit 50-50, or do we say, no, this is capital gains, meaning this isn't, this isn't plowing activities, what we invested together. The etzim zach, the business venture itself, the stock went up in value, capital capital gains, and that has to get split. Capital gains get split according to how much stock I had. That means that the total amount of the share we owned, I own $200 of that share, you own $100 of that share. So if it's not worth $400, so then I should get two-thirds of the $400, and you get one-third. You, you don't split that 50-50. That is not gain recognized by ordinary business activities. So that's the way Rashi, within the way Rashi explains it, it's that they, the, the, the share was actually chopped up. He says no. That that's still considered, we're not going to treat capital gains any differently, right? The appreciation of the business asset, we're not going to treat that any differently than, than, um, than the business activities, which we split 50-50. Okay, that it's still going to be 50-50. Again, if we put it in R, and this is actually, if you want to put this in current tax law, right? This is one of the things that they talk about. Should capital gains have a separate income rate? Okay, or we're favoring the rich. So again, we see that even within tax law, Again, it does, it does not fit exactly, but it gives us a frame of mind for context to understand how we're viewing uh, profitability, that there's the profitability of the business that the business generates, and then there's the appreciation of the business venture over here, where they originally went into business to be chayrish and then decided to chop up the shar for parts. It became more valuable as tficha. Now, Rashi, I just, as, as point, Rashi says the reason why Emil tficha is not, meaning the reason, the svara to say that that should be lefima oisav, according to Rabbah. Rabbah says that you split it According, according to the Muslim. It's not 50-50. Why? Because his whole svara, why, this is why my example doesn't work, does, doesn't fit perfectly. That's because it, he says, why did we split it 50-50 when it was a shar? It's because I needed you, you needed me. Right? I can't, you can't plow with two-thirds of a shar. I own a third of it. And uh, if I lopped off my third, you wouldn't be able to plow at all. So it's because I need you, you need me. It's 50-50. So when it comes to this case, Rabba would hold, well, now that you shechted it and you chopped it up for parts, so I no longer need you. You no longer need me. Okay, and therefore it would be lefima um, isov. We'd go according to the amount invested, and not fifty-fifty. So the reason is a little different, but the frame of reference and the concept here. So we have a machlekes again when we talk about the appreciation of the asset itself, the shara itself. Machlekes between Rabbah and Rabbah Do we split that? 50-50, or according to the capital invested. So let's ask Akasha. So first, we're going to ask, and then we're going to get back to our Mishnah at the end. Two people invested together. One person put in $100, one person put in $200. We're going to split it 50-50. My love. So wouldn't we say that we're talking about that we decided to go into business together to plow, and then we decided, you know what, the, the, the sharp prices went up, there was inflation on cow prices, and we decided that we're just going to chop it off and sell it and, and, and sell it as pieces. The Tiyofta de Rabba, and it would be a Tiyofta de Rabba. We see here that Haskar is Even though we're chopping it off, 
Right, we're we're, go, we're going for tviha. We're chopping it up for parts. So the Gemara says, "Loi b'shar the charisha, I'm in the charisha." You want to know why it's fifty-fifty? Like where Rabbi agreed to, there is a case where you're going to divide, and like Shmuel said, we're going to divide business profits fifty-fifty. That's when you invested for charisha, and that's what you actually did. You made money by plowing. Al the charisha, I'm in the tviha. My so the problem is, okay, this is a little bit of a setup, right? I mean, this was this was too too easy even answer. Al v'shar the charisha, I'm in the tviha. My let's say you had a shar that was that was for charisha. And you decided to chop it for parts, meaning you went into business to plow, and then you, you, you saw that the value of the shar went up. So you said, you know, let's sell it off for meat. So, if you, Rabba, are correct, and at that point, you're going to take the appreciation based on the amount invested. So then why, when it came to the Sefer, we were trying to find the case where it was going to be the Fimais of what case did we come up with? Okay, let's say we went into plowing together, but instead of us putting in money to buy one cow, I... I bought a cow, I brought in a, a cow that was worth $100, and you brought in a cow that was worth $200. Zebeshalai was Zebeshalai, Venus Arvu. They plowed together. Okay, so again, the way, the way Rashi explained it is beautiful. Meaning, the only reason we split 50 50 was because I needed, we bought one shard together. I needed your shar and you needed my shar, so we're going to split it 50-50. But here, where we each brought our own shar, so we decided to join the operation, right, to join these two in the, in the plowing operation, but my shard didn't need yours and yours didn't need mine. So therefore, they would split according to the value of the shard. My, I had a $200 shard, he pulled more of the weight and therefore I get paid more. So, <clears throat> so if, but again, the point specifically is if I wanted, if you're telling me that a shard, oimid lecharisha, and then it was originally, it was, um, Sorry, if it was originally for Harisha and then you decided to go ahead and chop it up, that it's it's going to be split. It's going to be split according to the money invested and not 50-50. So if that's truly the case, why when you wanted a case that we're going to split according to the money invested, why did we go to this case where you bought a shar of, you, where we're plowing with two sharim, and you brought a shar of $100, and I brought a shar of $200. So why is it, why don't we just, in that same price, just say very simply, say like Rabba said, that you want, you know when it's split 50-50, that's when you decided to go plow, you bought, the, you invested the money to go plow, and you actually plowed. Why'd you have to go to a case of saying they each brought in their own shar? You wanted a case of where they split according to the capital invested? So then in, in Rabbah? So then just, just say that, that they switched. They went, they originally had in mind to do Harisha and they decided to do, and they decided to sell it off for parts, like Rabbah said. So the Gemara says, you're right. But it's not a kasha. That's taka what we're actually saying. When do we say they split the gains 50-50? That's b'shar l'charisha and l'charisha. But b'shar l'charisha and l'tficha, if it's b'shar l'charisha and l'tficha, na'ase kimi shalakach zeh b'shaloi v'zeh b'shaloi v'nis'arvu, then we're going to make it like they each took their own animal. When they decided to go ahead and sell it off for parts, then we're going to look at it like they each had So this is like the the Tvicha case is, would, yes, I'm saying that that would be the same halacha that the gains would be split according to the ma'isav as if they actually each brought their own char. That's a much more extreme case. So therefore, what we're saying is it's like Meaning, when do we split it 50-50? That's when we had an intent to go into the plowing business together, and that's what we actually did. But if we decided to, if we decided, we originally invested the money to go plowing, then we decided, you know, let's just sell it off for tvicha, and there was a gain, then we're going to treat it 
meaning how do we say as if we each went into plowing and brought our own cow. Now, finally, we're going to end back at our Mishnah, which is Tanan. And the problem is, we just said here, according to Shmuel, gains, right? When you have gains. So again, if it's gains generated by the business venture, everybody agrees. Uh, and it's it's everybody agrees it's 50-50. There's a machlekes when it's okay, how to split it, whether we go or 50-50. But the question is, so three people invest together, if it goes up or down, they're also going to divide according to the capital invested. It went up and went down. Okay, and therefore, what do we see? It went up, it went down, and we say that it does not get split la'emtza. doesn't get split 50-50, okay, like Rav Nuno wanted to say, but rather it gets split according to the capital invested. So that would be a kasha. Amar Rav Nachman, you have to, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Baravua, loy hosiru, you have to learn our case in our Mishnah, is, is a completely different case. It's not talking about where they invested together, invested in a cow, and then now had to decide if there's a gain over here, what do we do with it? But rather, it means they just turned over money, meaning hosiru zuzi chaditi, it's new coins, pichsu astira ditsunaisa. Okay, that what we're talking about is either new coins or or astira did tsunaisa pechsu means they went down where the currency went out of you know kind of went out of out of uh, out of currency okay it went uh, out of being accepted as a general uh, currency so again the point here is that they invested money together they turned that money over they bought stuff they sold stuff but they never actually invested in a venture together they put money in they turned that money over and it turned out that w- w- by the time they were done they and 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 <clears throat> the money kind of turned over they bought they sold. That you ended up with the same amount of money, but the currency had felt fallen out of favor. So again, they all invested. Uh, one guy invested 100, one guy invested 200. They bought stuff, they sold stuff. They never invested in something specifically together. And therefore, the money is still considered be'en. The money went up, the money went down. And therefore, since the money is still be'en, but the actual currency is worth less than it used to, than it used to, meaning it's either, it, it was old, meaning when they, as they bought and sold stuff, they, they ended up with older currency, which has a lower value, or they ended up with a newer currency, which has a, a more increased value. So that's where you're going to split. Since the money is still the end, and they didn't invest it like into a cow together to do a business activity together, therefore, it's going to be split. Even according to Rabbi Nuna, it's going to be split according to what they invested because the money is be'en. And as just Jesus points out, he says, that if there's not profit generated, meaning but the money just gets switched, then then the value of the money itself, going up or going down, they're not going to be mocked on one or another. And therefore, that is why, um, that, that is why, that is why in this case, um, the money, and it's, it's no riot to the case where they actually invest in a business activity together. That's why the money is going to be split evenly. Don't ask Akasha on Rav Amnuna from here. Okay, so just quickly to summarize. We started with the Mishnah. We said that you had three women. Uh, each had a ksuba. Each got married at the same time. One woman had a ksuba of 100, 200, and 300. So the first case was a simple case. The estate had $100. They're each going to divide it evenly 33 and a third to each. And then we said, okay, well, what happens if there's $200? So logically, we should, we should have said it's 33 and a third, 83 and a third, and 83 and a third, okay, because the first, first hundred, 
uh, lady number one only had a claim on the first hundred dollars, so she's out after her first kaluka of thirty-three and a third, and the remaining hundred gets split fifty-fifty. Uh, except the Mishnah said it's fifty seventy-five seventy-five, and the way we explained it was that's because lady number two said that I'm not going to have any. I'm not going to take of the first hundred with lady number. I'm out. Okay, so meaning I am not going to have any any part of lady number one's portion of the first hundred. And what we said, the way we explained it according to Rashi was, can force lady number three, because it's saying to lady number three, I'm still going to split what's left over with you. Okay, essentially, that the first hundred dollars would get split lady number one, 50, and then the remaining, uh, the remaining 50 would be split lady number two and lady number three, so it would be 50, and then 25, 25. And then the last hundred would be split 50, 50, okay, and therefore that's why it would be 50 lady number one, 75 lady number two, and 75 lady number, lady number three. And in the second case, we have to come up with another ukimta to explain that, meaning where there was $300, why is it, again, according to Me'ikar Eden, it should have been, it should have been 33 and a third, um, 83 and a third, and one, um, 133 and a third, okay, so it should have been to total 300, if that total is 300. Um, but we ended up with 50, 100, and 150. We said, how does that work out? That's because over here we're talking about where lady number three, the lady who had a $300 ksuba, basically said, I want no part of the chalukah of the first 100. So lady number one and lady number two split the first 100, 50, 50. Lady number two and lady number three split the second 100, 50, 50. And lady number three gets the remaining 100. That's why lady number one has a total of 50, lady number two has a total of 200, and lady number three is a total of 150. That was the way Ramnasan explained it, where we're going to limit their claim based on, those are Nassim Shita, we're going to limit their claim based on what their ksuba is, okay, that, in other words, lady number one was only owed 100, if the estate had 300, would only have rights to anything of the first 100. Uh, however, we brought in Shita's Rebbe, which said, oh, sorry, before that, we had, that was one way of explaining to it, meaning within Ramnasan Shita, lady number, um, we had, then Rav Yaakov and Arpahot, which explained the mission entirely differently, that we're talking about two tfises, meaning there's none of these, there's nobody's, no side deals, that there's two tfises. Tfises, number one, right, in the, in the case of 200, what happened was 75 fell at once, so that they're each getting 25 of the first 75, they, each, they all have an equal claim to that, and then of the following 125, we're going to split that into two, of the first 75, all three ladies, again, so they're each getting 25, 25. They, so they each got 50, 50, 50, 50. And then there's a remaining 50 of the second piece, so that gets split between lady number two and lady number three. So that's going to be 50, 75, 75. Or in the second case where $300 fell, again, you had two tfisas, which was 75 on first tfisa that we're dividing 25, 25, 25. And then in the second tfisa, we split into three categories. It's the first 75, which they all three have an equal rights to. So now they each got 25 plus 25, 50, 50, 50. And then the second 100 of the 225, it gets split into 75, 150. So the second part is going to be 100. That's going to be split 50, 50, lady number two, lady number three. And the third part is going to be all 50, lady number three. And therefore, as a result, the lady number one has a total of 50, 25 from the first fee on 25 from the second. Lady number two has a total of 100, which is 25 from the first fee and she gets 75 from the second visa, 25 from the first shlav, and 50 from the second. And lady number three gets a total of 150, 25 from the first visa, and a total of 125 from the second visa, uh, 25 from the first shlav of 75 of the 225, 50 from the 100, and the remaining 50. Okay, so again, that was all in Rav Yaakov, which is the base, the, the, the each... That was all, sorry, in Chitas Reb that they each get a, a, they each have a claim against the estate limited to the amount that was in their ksuba. So a $100 lady would never have claims to anything above $100. However, 
like we said, that Rebbe argues, and Rebbe says, that they each get an even split. We had a machlekes Rashi, and we know how to understand that, is an even split across the board. So again, if the state had 300, and lady number one was owed 100, lady number two, 200, lady number three, 300, do they each get 100? Or would we add up the total amount and everybody would get an equal discount, which would mean lady number one would actually only get 50 in the case of where the total owed was 600 and the state had a total of 300. Okay, so that was that part of the Gemara. And then we had the, talked about partnerships, right? So essentially, just to summarize this very quickly, our Mishnah said, Gimel Shetil the kiss, that the, anything, the value that goes up or down that would get split equally. We brought in Shmuel saying that when a person invests um, sorry, not equally, but according to the amount invested. Then we brought in Shmuel, and who said that according to that when you invest in a partnership, let's say a shar, one person puts in 100, one person's 200, guess what? The gains, business generated activity, generated by business activity, we split 50-50. What happens, again, if it was and they chopped it up, they decided to sell it for parts, what we called the capital gain part of it. How do you split that? So Rabba says that that would be split according to the amount invested. And Ramnuna said that, no, that would still be 50-50. We asked Akasha on that and we uh, brought an answer. Okay, and then we reworked the price. So we said that when, according to, according to, uh, according to Raba, when you went you decided to sell it off and you actually shafted it for parts and there was an appreciation of the, of the, the thing that the business uh, the, the business vehicle, meaning over here, the shar. So then we're going to view that as if they decided to plow together. And if they decided to plow together, but each brought their own shar, then they would actually not, instead of dividing 50-50, they would divide according to, um, according to the value of the animal they brought. And we tried to ask Akasha from our Mishnah, because our Mishnah seemed to be saying that, what do you mean? How could you, it seems to be Akasha on Ramnuna. How could you say that it's 50-50 when the value goes up or down? What do you mean? Our Mishnah said clearly the value going up or down of these coins, Gimel Shetil the kiss, that it, it, it goes with female Esau. So my answer, that's a very specific case. It's talking about where they just um, bought and sold things with the money. Essentially, the money ended up being Be'en, but the money, um, the money, the value of the money went down, so that's where it's going to be according to the amount invested, and like we explained, Tessa says that they're not cupped in that situation.